DVD Clutter is recorded on the unceded lands of the Wurundjeri people. We pay our respects to the Elders, past, present and emerging, of the Kulin Nation and to other Indigenous Australians that may be listening. Hi, I'm Paul. And I'm Beck. And this is DVD Clutter. Hi, Paul. Hi, Beck. How are you doing? I'm good. I just looked at a note I wrote and I don't know what it means. So good luck with that later on in the discussion. Can't wait for it. It's been a long weekend. It has been. We're back. We had a bit of a break. Some exciting things that happened to me over the break, um, which I will mention, is I found my old projector, which is good. <gasps> that is exciting. With built-in DVD player, so now I'll be able to watch the rest of these DVDs in style when I find a wall somewhere in my house. Very good. And I also found my old high school computer, which should have my presentation on the top 10 films of all time. <gasps> have we done any of the ones you presented on? Yeah, Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that. Well, maybe we should do like a Christmas special where we do all 10 in the lead up to Christmas. Except for Napoleon yeah. Dynamite, obviously. Oh, of course. I think that is totally fine. And you get to, you have to present on each one before we get into our discussion. Yeah. And there's some, you know, I think most of them are classics. Like Napoleon Dynamite? Like I mean, Napoleon that is Dynamite. Still a, it is still a classic in some ways. I forget what we decided at the end of that, about that film, but I think it was, it, was, it was a bit of a classic. Why not? Yeah. We're doing uh, another classic this week. It's in, it's, yeah, hmm. Mm. Mm is right. Mm. We'll discuss it. This is the show DVD Clutter, by the way, where we watch all our old DVDs, we discuss them, we talk about their merits, their detractors. Their demerits? Is detractors a word? I don't know. Demerits. You can That's detract something, can't you? Or no, you retract yeah. something. Fuck. Mm. Detractor is, you know, what you write in a paddock. No. <laughs> um, but no, we decide after we've talked about it uh, whether we keep the disc, mm. we op shop it, mm. or... We shoot it with a laser beam from space and turn it into a monkey. Mm. This week, we're looking at my DVD, Looney Tunes, back in action. We sure are. Yeah, 2003, which came as a surprise to me when I uh, looked on Wikipedia after watching it and I thought to myself, that was made in 2003? Oh, jeez. You thought it was older? Yeah. Um, well, it's not. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, and I guess like I still think of 2003 as like, the modern era because that was my teen years and I still mm. think that I'm uh, 18 so it was a long time ago I have to remember that that 2003 was many years ago now yeah but it still felt like I mean let's just cut straight to the chase Paul it's the sexism that felt old so I was disappointed to see that it was made in the 2000s okay we'll get into that eventually I didn't think this one was too bad oh god oh, I so bad. Wow, really? Oh my god, I hated this movie. Sorry. Oh wow. <laughs> I hate is just such a strong word for what it is, you know. Like I can understand hate on something with sort of any sort of substance, but this is a cartoon. Um, <laughs> yes, but that can make it more damaging. It's one of those yeah. sneaky, you know. Oh, I'm just a bit of fun, but really, I'm teaching you how to be sexist. Okay. And um, yeah. Maybe we'll a lot get of that to some points. We'll, we'll talk, we'll, yeah. you know, we'll dissect it. But first of all, do you want to tell us why on earth you have this DVD? Because I do remember, I think you said, I think you said to me last week, <laughs> it's one that you watch again and again in times when you need comfort. So now I'm yeah. worried that I'm going to ruin your dreams. I know, right? Me too. I saw this film in 2003 in the cinemas. Yeah. 
I saw it when I was watch- I watched two movies in a row. I went and saw Scary Movie three. A classic, another classic, yeah. Yeah, one that I think is aged maybe worse. <laughs> I haven't watched it in a long time. And then I saw this straight away, straight after it at the cinema. So it was a great day. Yeah. And I remember Double it was feature. It was not critically uh, acclaimed at the time, as we'll discuss later. And it was mm. also a box office bomb. Mm. And I remember, I don't know, reading stuff on the internet or film reviews of it that were kind of like, that wasn't great. Mm. But I, I, I enjoyed it. I remember enjoying it when I watched it. So... I was kind of a bit down on that. Then for Christmas, a couple of years later, I think, I got the Paul Harris DVD movie companion. So Paul Harris is a film reviewer mm. as well as also a name I used to go by. Also name. How funny. Yeah. And in that, it was just basically a list of good DVDs. It had this film. So you felt vindicated finally. I felt so vindicated, <laughs> so vindicated that I think I went and got the DVD. <laughs> then, I don't know, there's just something comforting, and I think it's about the Looney Tunes in general. I never really clicked with Space Jam as much. Mm-hmm. Something like, and I know this one doesn't have much of a plot either, but something about the lack of plot there and the super-sexualized Lola Bunny, mm. um, I kind of found too weird. And I think it's because I didn't really watch it as a kid. Mm. And I watched it later and was like, so you I'm very uncomfortable with this. You hadn't seen Space Jam before you watched this film? On, no, I had. Right. I, I would have, but I never like, you know, I wasn't like obsessed with it as a kid or anything. I think I was just sort of Passing had by. seen it and yeah. yeah, wasn't really into sports yeah. that much. So the whole Michael Jordan thing wasn't a draw card. Yeah. I rewatched Space Jam a few years ago and was the same sort of like, this is weird. Mm. Um, but I've always loved the Looney Tunes. Mm. Bugs and especially Daffy is oh. my favourite. So yeah, I, there's just something about this that I guess it's it's a film that really knows it's a film. Mm. Yeah, um, it's very meta, very self-aware. But not meta in like a way that you really have to think. It's just oh no, it's very just, silly. Yeah, it's... there's a heap heap of references to lots of old different films in again not a way that you really have to think about it. Um, But yeah, just for some reason, I don't know, I I find it a very comforting sort of film to watch and not think. So I remember one time I hurt my ankle and I was like in a lot of pain and I was just sitting at home moping and my sister was looking after me and she was like, can I help you out in any way? And I was just like, can you just put on Ludicrous back in action? This is when I was like 18. Oh God. So I have that strong memory of this movie. And then, yeah, I think I've watched it or parts of it at least a couple of times too, just when I've sort of been like, yeah, just a bit down, a bit mopey and needed something. Because it's not, I don't watch it, I guess, to, to laugh or be super happy. Like, it's not like an outrageous comedy where you're like, I can forget the world. But I don't know, just something weirdly com- comforting, I guess, about Bugs and Daffy mm. being ridiculous. Uh, a bit weird. of it, I think, has to do with Brendan Fraser as well. You know? He does have a nice face. Yeah. Looks like he'd give a good hug. Him and Jenna Elfman both understand they're in a cartoon, I feel. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Do you want to tell us the plot, Beck? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard because there's not much of one. Yeah, I think, yeah, you could sum it up probably in a sentence. <laughs> so, essentially, Daffy Duck, he's sick of being the butt of the joke and Bugs always comes out as being the hero of the story and he's the rock star and he's just like the 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 fool essentially so he quits and actually no jenna elfman fires him i think because he's Mm. like he's kicking up a storm he's like i don't want to do this anymore i want to you know come out on top blah 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 blah. and she's like nah you're gone so she fires him and then he at the same time you kind of so that's at the start of the film you see him and bugs in this like board meeting 
And then at the same time, we are introduced to Brendan Fraser's DJ. character, yeah. DJ Jr., whose dad is a famous action hero in lots of spy thrillers, but and he's trying to make it as a stunt man, but he's really bad at it, and he keeps like getting kicked out of auditions and stuff. And he's acting, or he's acting. His job is a security guard on the set, wherever, on the movie. Warner Brothers lot. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, and then so he, Jenna Elfman asks him to escort Daffy out but then Daffy like absconds and runs away and then there's like a bit of a chase they happen to be back in DJ's Brenda Fraser's house and Daffy is there at the same time for some reason and then they find out that shock horror his dad doesn't just play a spy in the movies he is actually a spy and he sends a message to his son to say son I'm in trouble um, help. Who's his dad played by as well? Um, Timothy Dalton. Yes. Which is fantastic, I find. Very familiar face. He was James Bond for a couple of movies. Yeah, so a nice little yeah. nod to that. Yeah, so then Brendan Fraser is like, I've got to go save my dad. And he's got to get to Las Vegas to find someone and get a secret message or whatever. Anyway, so they go on there. They go off to do that. But at the same time, Bugs Bunny is like, you've got to get Daffy back. The movie won't work without Daffy. Even though Bugs treats him like crap, he's still like, we need Daffy. So he and Jenna Elfman try and track them down. They find a secret spy car in Brendan Fraser's house. So they follow them to Las Vegas where they eventually all meet up. They find out that the world is in danger. There's something called the Blue Diamond which is a... Blue monkey. Oh, the blue monkey. Fuck, sorry. (laughs) There's something called the blue monkey, which is a diamond that turns people to monkeys. And this maniacal... Maniacal? Maniacal. I think so. Maniacal evil genius played by... Now, he's a detractor. (laughs) Played by Steve Martin is planning to use it to turn the whole world into monkeys, use them to create goods, then turn them back into humans so they can buy the goods. So he has like this endless cycle of production and consumption, which is honestly pretty genius. So (laughs) they thwart that plan. They save DJ, Brandon Fraser's dad. And that's the end. Yeah. Is that good? That's it. I think that basically sums it up. Yeah. But I mean, Um, this is punctuated by like just like hyperactive hijinks like gag 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 yeah i'm gonna punch daffy duck like five times in the head and it's gonna be hilarious um like explosion yeah. here and explosion most of them there, just like over the top it was yeah it was a headache inducing film and all of it is callbacks to i guess a lot of the original looney tunes cartoons did you like um, the original cartoons so you were a yeah, yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, I have no real reference point for Looney Tunes except that This is the same with the Muppets, isn't it? You're gonna... <laughs> yeah. It's the exact it's it's the same we're doing the same thing. I like it's the Muppets be the same better episode. though. <laughs> really? Oh so much better. Yeah. So yeah, my, my reference point for Looney Tunes is that girls at the age of like thirteen or fourteen at high school loved Tweety Bird. So you know, people had like Tweety Bird pencil cases or whatever. Really? Yeah. Um, but not? I never really watched anything. I, I think I've definitely watched Space Jam, but remember it being like, you know, didn't make an impact on me at all. And have never really watched Looney Tunes at all. Yeah. No, nothing. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Going into this, I had not very high expectations, which were met spectacularly. Yeah. Well, I guess it's time for my rose-tinted review. Yeah, my sister told me that I was too mean to you when we disagree sometimes, so I'm going to try and be a bit more... Oh, I'm just more passive. You're more assertive. (laughs) 
I don't take this thing too seriously. <laughs> yeah, good. I'll, I think I might redirect her to the Ever After episode and then she'll rethink that when you tore my heart sure, out. Sure, I think I think you should read... I taught... Yeah, I think you should re-listen to that because I think, again, I was um, offering valid criticism that was shut down. <laughs> All right. Give us your review. This time... Well, this time I guess I, I took a more meta look to my approach to the movie because you raised a good question last time when we started to talk about this. Why do I like this movie? Because, <laughs> yeah, as I've said, it was critically panned. Yeah. It um, Did wasn't a financial hit. No one office. watched it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it also, like, it was market research the fact that they were going to make some more Looney Tunes for a new age and they shut down that production because they realized that no one really wants to watch it so i really went in trying to watch try and figure out exactly what it was that i liked about this because like yeah on on paper i I should i shouldn't yeah um can i just ask um when was so what's the gap been between the last time you watched it and now i think i watched part of it when we were teaching an hour at okay so like four years three three four years so it hasn't been that long yeah yeah, I think I caught it on maybe... You know how SBS Viceland puts random movies on? Mm. I think I caught part of it then. Right. Um, and you know what? I, I I drew blanks, Beck. I can't explain. <laughs> I can't explain because, yeah. Oh, that's so funny. You, you put the pieces out in front of you and the pacing's off in this movie. Steve Martin is trying to play something that be in a different movie completely than girls. The effects aren't that great. Like, even I think Space Jam kind of puts in the animated characters better than this does most of the funny gags are literally just things that are pulled from classic looney tunes episodes Mm. and i guess the joke is you're like oh i remember when they did that Mm. or just really blatant callbacks to other popular cultural references that like you know they're not cleverly put in it's just for example listeners there's a scene where for some reason (laughs) jenna elfman's character is looking for bug no she's looking for dj in his house this this is a weird thing the note that I said that I didn't know why I wrote, I wrote psych and I just didn't finish writing it. I meant to write psycho. That's it. And this yeah. is the scene. And I quite enjoyed this scene. Yeah. Bugs Bunny's in the shower and it, then it's just like a shot recreation of the shower scene from Psycho. Yeah. Including a bit where uh, you see Bugs Bunny pour chocolate syrup down the drain. Yeah, to make the blood. Yeah. Um, and it goes into black in and there. white. And it's not like the whole movie is in yeah. color, but they, of course, they need to do this bit in black and white. Yeah. There's also this bit where they do the classic secret agent bit where they go and find um, Mother, who yeah. is like the spy gadget. It's like Q from James Bond. Yeah. And that's Joan Cusack turns up brilliantly yes. for that bit. Oh, so refreshing. But for some reason, yeah, for some reason, it's not just a spy place, it's also Area 52, an alien research lab. Yeah. Um, and it's just got all these classic aliens, including Daleks. Yeah, true, yeah. Which was great fun. That was good. But, yeah, but as I said, none of the pop cultures sort of put there in a smart way. It's just sort of like, Lumped hey, remember in. this movie? Yeah. Hey, remember this movie? So that's not the reason I like it. Yeah. But I am glad they did that yeah. because otherwise there'd be nothing to cling to, I think. Yeah. And, yeah, so I, I, I came up blank. I don't know why I like this movie, but there's just something I just find fine, Paul. completely comforting about it. What is it? What is the saying? The the sum total is more than its parts. That, yeah, but it's not like I can I can also like fully understand every bad review of this film because it's not it's not even pieced together in a in a great way. It's it's very um, clumsily sort of churned out. But mm. I like it. Mm. And but also I didn't find and you'll 
be able to correct me on this, I'm sure. <laughs> I didn't find anything overly offensive in this, like you can do in a lot of sort of childhood movies you can come back to and go, oh, things were very not great back then. Were but you watching I think you, without your glasses on? You're here to, yeah, you're here to correct me <laughs> on them. I, I like the fact that Jenny Elfman and uh, Brendan Fraser don't really end up together in the end. I like that, that their romance is sort of downplayed. Yeah, I guess so. But it's it's hinted at. She, yeah. she looks at him lovingly at the end. Yeah, but it's more like I think they're going to go on their first date rather than they're going to run off and get... Get married straight away. Spend yeah. their life together. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, and there was a lot of deleted scenes about that sort of romance building oh, right. that felt even more clunky, so I can definitely see why they cut that out and put in more Wiley Coyote. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, the joke is, Beck, every time he tries to catch that roadrunner... Yeah. He doesn't. Yeah, and something falls that's, on that's him. That's it. Right? Yeah. Yep. That's, that's the joke. Yeah, that's um, and it's a great one. Yes, I'm a big fan of um, Roadrunner cartoons. They're probably my favourite ones. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's great. Do you want to hear what I have to say? Yeah. Woman completely destroys man's <laughs> childhood favourite film. No, with no, three no. key points. Here we go. No. <laughs> three? <Yeah. laughs> uh, no. Um, I tried to watch this with mum on Friday night. Because she stayed oh, with us. Oh, no. And um, we had it on for about 15 <laughs> seconds and she was like, turn this off. <laughs> yeah. She just, no, just absolutely not. And then I watched it again the next night by myself. And I, look, I did struggle to get through it. I found it completely overwhelming. The amount of stuff that's going on, the the overt violence at the start when Brendan Fraser is trying to get rid of Daffy Duck, he just keeps punching him and his beak falls off and his eyes fall out and just completely <laughs> so violent. And I like, I'm not, that's fine. Like, I'm not saying... <laughs> Don't be violent, but I mean, I am saying don't be violent, listeners. Don't don't be violent to each other. But I'm I know I understand that that's part of the classic Looney Tunes thing. But it was very abrasive, and I did not like it. I, I don't think it's part of the thing. I think it is literally that's just what it is. So I can yeah, if you don't sort wait, of, what do you mean? Just them hitting each other. That's oh, that's what Looney Tunes is. That's that's what it was. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. Real thinker that one. It, it is, but it's not. That's the whole point. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> Paul, I like my comedy smart. It's fine. It's fine. I like a bit of a little bit of slapstick is good. I just found this it was too much and I wasn't I guess maybe I just didn't know that that was the thing, so I wasn't expecting it, so it yeah. felt like, oh god, stop hitting each other. I don't and think you're going to like the Wiley Coyote cartoons then. I just don't. Well, I don't mind the Wiley Coyote because and I've seen some like I've seen bits and pieces of Looney Tunes Looney Tunes cartoons. And I don't mind the Wiley Coyote stuff is a bit different because it's like an anvil that falls on him or it's like a boulder that falls on him. It's not human You're to... more like yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. Human, I get that. Per- human perpetuated violence I found yeah. abrasive. And even like the animal to animal violence is less. The cartoon to cartoon violence. But it was like Brandon Fraser to Little Daffy Duck. <laughs> the power imbalance, Paul. It is, um, yeah. So do you want me to... The main problem I have with this film is... I mean, obviously, as a Hollywood film from the early 2000s, there was an extreme lack of diversity in the casting. Yeah, um, yes. So I don't think we have any people of colour in this film. We barely have all. any people in this film. Well, <laughs> yes, but the people that we have are all white. Mm. And then I just I wrote out a, a sentence because I was trying to figure out how to capture this thought in one go because I've got lots of like kind of disparate thoughts and proof to my ultimate conclusion. Mm. Here is what I wrote out <clears throat> in the film Looney Tunes: Back in Action. There is a slight attempt to appease third wave feminists through the character of Kate, played by Jenna Elfman, who is a Hollywood executive and producer, but. 
Ultimately, she is stripped of her power and reduced to chasing Brendan Fraser around the desert in short shorts and tight dresses. The end. That's not the worst of it, though. Turning the page. <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Much? No, it's okay. The sexism in this film is kind of insidious, but it is really there. And the opening scene was... That's that kind of nod to third wave feminists. They're like, oh, guess what, guys? Women can be high-powered executives. They can have power in the industry. It's fine. And they showed that through that very opening scene, which I quite liked, where there was all these men sitting in very similar suits and they were all sitting very, they were quite short sitting around the table. They all looked like they were too small for the, they looked like they were kids in oversized suits and big chairs at this board table where she's having this um, discussion with Daffy Duck about his contract. And she's kind of, you know, in her power element here. And it's very pointedly obvious that she's the only woman in the boardroom, but she's the one with the power. So they're like, sexism exists and this is a male-dominated area, but we've got one woman who is in control. Feminism. And that was great but as the character kind of progresses she is literally reduced to chasing she's chasing Brendan she's chasing a man throughout this whole film she's completely passive she has no agency at all so much so that on the way to Las Vegas she gets literally her clothes ripped off her by this car that's a super spy car and it's got a, a mechanical valet who dresses you in attire that's appropriate to whatever you're heading to so she gets completely stripped of her clothes that she's wearing, her business suit, and she gets shoved into this really tight, cleavage-driven pink dress. And that's how she arrives in Las Vegas. And the rest of the film is much better. I don't think she has much agency. Or oh, the one thing that she has agency doing, because it's okay for women to be smart and pretty, but not strong and action-focused, is that she figures out a little puzzle towards the end. Because women can use their brains, but they can't use their muscles. Yeah. And then that's the only, that's only like her character there's heaps of other parts where Bugs Bunny... Fuck, Bugs Bunny is like a 1950s sexist pig. He is disgusting. He calls her doll face, toots. Like, he has all these sexist comments for her, and she's meant to be this high-powered executive. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. I, to be honest, I didn't pick up on his language, but you're right. That is... That's yeah, bad. it is. And this is 2003. A kid's film in 2003 has the main yeah. character that the kids... Not the main character, but a character that the kids love and adore and is held up on a pedestal, Bugs Bunny, is calling a woman toots and dollface. Fuck no. Yeah. The other, another part is when Daffy Duck, he's like gets blown away at some point because obviously explosions are happening all over the place and he's like goes flying through the dressing room and yeah, he comes that's back, not a, you know, his yeah. momentum is going this physically, as a physics teacher, Paul, you must have an issue with this. He goes, and you were talking about momentum in Triple X. He has all the momentum to keep going, but somehow he stops to come back and wolf whistle at the ladies who are getting changed. Ah! And then he keeps going on yeah. his merry journey. I know. Yeah. That, yeah. Oh, oh, this fucking annoyed me too because this is such a fucking classic trope that was in car car films, car advertisements for so long. And it's now obviously people are so aware of it that they're reversing it. But the male driving, if you're driving a car, obviously the male has to be driving. So she's drive up, she drives up to Las Vegas in this super spy car. As soon as he gets into the car, he takes over the driving. Why? They're driving the same place. It would have taken longer. They're actually trying to run away from someone. He should have just jumped in the car and been like, down that way. But no, he has to get into the driver's seat. Just let go of control for like one fucking second. Oh my God. The other thing. Oh my God. This annoyed me so much as well. I'm so sorry, Paul. <laughs> no, it don't. It's, I, I, oh, God. It's not a good film. 
I know. I just didn't mean it to be as offensive as it clearly was to you. It's a product of its time, but it's just so sad that the time was not that long ago. It doesn't feel that long ago to me. We have to do yeah, better. Yeah, I know. She goes to him at one point, and I just wrote, ugh, afterwards. I wrote the quote down, ugh. He does something like he tries to walk away from her or something, and she goes, you are in big trouble, mister, which is such a reductive line. The dialogue that she is given is just absolute garbage. The fact that she's like, that's such a fucking trope of a woman to be like, I'm the sensible one. You are in big trouble, mister, because you're a little boy and I'm going to tell you what's right. And, oh, like what? To be completely fair, no one's given not rubbish dialogue. No, that's true. But that... The the motherization of her at that point? Is that a word? Like she's suddenly the woman has to be the the one who uh is the mother or is the kind of caretaker or is the disciplinarian in ways that you know, you can't be a rule breaker if you're a woman. You can't take risks in ways that, that men can take risks. And she has to be the one to be like, No, we have to rein this in. You're in big trouble, mister. You've been a naughty boy. Like it's just, it made me want to throw up. Okay, I'm, I'm getting a bit heated, so I'm going to take a breath while I check the rest of my notes. I do have some positive things to say, though. I'll just keep them to the end so we can finish on a happy note. Yeah. There was a, a really a kind of disturbing part. This is another kind of moment where the film says, yes, we know we have to be politically correct, but guess what? We're not really going to. Um, when Bugs Bunny turns into a... He like dresses as a woman and he's like, I play both parts. And she's, she goes, actually cross-dressing is not appropriate anymore. It's not considered funny or something. And then if you don't think a man dressing in woman's clothes is funny, you're a something, something. And then she's like, it's just creepy. There was just some some element of that part of it that was not not good. Yeah, and I think that's that's a tricky one to tread with. And I think like obviously they didn't stick the landing. I think, but part of the bugs bunny thing is a lot of the time was that he would dress up as a woman right and entice elma fudd or whoever he was against and then you know whack them in the head right it's something that's aged particularly poorly in the looney tunes canon Mm. um for example for example Mm. So I think rather than, and that, you know, trying to address it front on is what the path they took. Maybe just not addressing it would have been better. Um, But yeah, no, that does feel particularly, feels like they felt like they had to address it when really someone should have said, you know what, maybe we'll just, we'll leave that part of the mythos Mm. as not part. Yeah, we can, we don't have to bring that part of Bugs Bunny's persona into the modern day. Yeah. Um, Because there is, there's a similar part in that exact same scene as they sort of, because it's this scene where they're in a restaurant talking with all these different cartoon characters, but there's a table with Porky Pig and Speedy Gonzalez at it. Porky Pig sort of saying, I've been told not to stutter anymore. Mm. And he says, you know, political correctness, right? And then Speedy Gonzalez says, tell me about it. Which is, it's a bit funny um, because you can't make a movie anymore with Speedy Gonzalez in it because Speedy Gonzalez was a racist stereotype that wasn't funny then and isn't funny now and shouldn't be used but it was an interesting way to include I guess a classic character in there sort of being like yeah we're not going to include him Mm. just sort of drawing attention to that Mm. Um, and I thought that was almost clever Mm. clever yeah isn't what happens in this film but I thought that was like an interesting take on it because I guess 
part of, as you're saying now, this film was a product of its time. The, the actual cartoons themselves were a product of a Very time even time. longer ago. Yes, 100%. And, um, and they have carried that through to the point where they shouldn't. Yeah, be. and I, you, you're right. I think that's what part of it is. Yeah. Not a lot that, I don't know, maybe it's so different, weird, because we come at it with such different lenses in that I have one where it sort of just washes over me and I've got no, like, you know, is my brain switched on while I'm watching this? No. Like, you <laughs> But obviously but, yours but my was. my brain wasn't switched on either. Like, well, I, clearly it was. Just, it, <laughs> no, Paul, no. It's, I'm sorry, but this is the difference between being a woman in the world and being a man in the world. Yeah, no. Like, right. you, it's about finding characters that you identify with and watching the way they're represented. And when you're a woman, it's so obvious the way that that is done negatively that it stands out. Like, I don't think... I feel like other women would watch this and have the same reaction to me. And, and plenty probably wouldn't as well because we are inundated with sexist imagery and sexist ideas and we are used to this kind of, you know, this representation of women and men as these different stereotypes. So, you know, maybe plenty of women wouldn't as well, but I'm certainly very attuned to it and I know other women are as well. I've, I have left the, the last one though. Can I tell you the last line that really made me want yep. to... Throw my phone at the TV. Daffy says at the right at the end because it's all kind of finished and everything's over. Daffy says he's talking to Brendan Fraser and he says, "I should get the treasure, the girl too, but we'll discuss that later." Mm. As in, what are you equating the girl in quotation marks to? An object of the treasure. I should get the treasure and the girl. The girl and the treasure are the same thing and they're both objects. Does she get a fucking say if she wants to be with Daffy or with Brendan Fraser? No, nobody cares. Who cares what she wants? The fact is I was a hero so I should get the treasure and the girl. I'm entitled to her, in other words, and she has no say. That is a dangerous idea to give to children. I'm entitled to her. The end of my rant. Thank you. No, it's all important. It's all... Mm, yeah, I'm feeling very bad for liking this film. I'm so I'm sorry, Paul. I'm so, I am sorry. I'm genuinely no, sorry. But yeah. the films, many films that were made and still continue to be made to this day that we loved as children are fucking terrible. In fact, I watched a video, a little film clip from Peter Pan, which used to be one of my favorite my favorite Disney films, and I just watched enough to think, oh god, I'm never going to go back and watch that because it's going to ruin my memories. Yeah. And now for five things I liked about the movie. <laughs> I already said I liked that first scene. I liked that it was very self-aware. Mm. Not self-aware enough. I mean, self-aware as in we're making a movie yeah. about making a movie and we know we're in a movie, you know? Yeah. I quite liked that. I enjoyed that. <laughs> to the point where Brendan Fraser, the character who Brendan Fraser's playing, DJ, he says in the in the movie, he goes, oh yeah, I was Brendan Fraser's stunt double in The Mummy. That's kind of funny. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> And then um, he, Brendan Fraser, like, appears, like, the the superstar Brendan Fraser appears later on and is a complete asshole to the stunt double Brendan Fraser, who's DJ. And um, I like it when celebrities can make fun of themselves. That's always fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I don't know. I feel like Brendan Fraser is good at that. Yeah. I I really liked the psycho scene, even though it didn't make sense that why you would go looking for someone in the shower instead of just saying, hey, are you in there? <laughs> it was very weird. The way they put it in was very weird, but I enjoyed it nonetheless. Is that five? <gasps> I think that's enough. I think okay. we've, we've got there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry, Paul. I did not like this film. No, it, it's not. And as I... Trying to get out of the start. It's it's clearly not a good film. It's not. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, not, I don't know. I um feel really bad now. <laughs> I feel oh, like really, oh God. really awful. Don't. I mean, 
because you didn't notice that stuff. Yeah. That's okay. That's Especially because our... I didn't notice, like, I noticed that it was a terrible film and I noticed that it wasn't good, but I didn't realize it was so damaging. Yeah. Yeah. Which is true. I mean, it, it's blindness because of privilege, which is, mm. sort of, yeah, we all have. I just yeah. thought I was better than everybody. <laughs> You are, Paul. You are better than so yeah. many. I know what you mean. I have extreme privilege for being a white woman as well, a cisgender white woman. Oh, sorry. I thought you were going to be. I thought you were going to say I've got the privilege of being a woman, so I can notice sexism. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're right. You yeah, are the privileged one. I'm the one. privileged one. <laughs> no, but we have. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure things pass me by that people of color pick up on or trans people or gender non-binary people pick up on and yeah we just got to learn mm. and listen and learn from that and the thing is i can't defend anything from the film either like it's it is indefensible it is in no level um good or like you'd like to be able to when often i feel like when we discuss different interpretations of a film you can say something and i can say was that what they were going for or mm. but clearly no one put any thought into making this movie mm. Um, at all, at any level. Mm. So you did get the worst of every subconscious thought that came through any Hollywood executive's head. Yeah. Which turns out and is, um, you know, extremely sexist. Yeah. And I think you can, when you, you probably know more about the production of the film than me, but when you read about the production of the film, it sounds like a chaotic production. And I think that that shows. Yeah. I think the problem that this film had, I think, from the get-go, which explains for why, you know, yeah, the stuff you've discussed being objectively awful, as well as subjectively awful um, for <laughs> most people, is that it was, I guess, made as a as a rebranding of the Looney Tunes. It was it was a corporate product from A to Z, and um, because of that, it ended up trying to be so much that it became nothing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think we both agree that due to many a reason. One of them being, as yeah, we were talking about the production, I think, being the ultimate case of too many cooks. Yeah. Do you um, want to talk a little bit about that? Oh, look, I didn't read that much into it, but it, it was a, yeah, a brand-driven film rather than any sort of creative vision. And I don't think... That it, was, it was, yeah. It was directed by Joe Dante. Dante, yeah. yeah. And he didn't, um, he didn't love it. Yeah. I think, I think he was brought in because he'd say yes, and um, then by the sounds of it, lost control pretty quickly. Yeah. And you can tell by some of the deleted scenes show that this was like several different movies all at once. Yeah, right. And that they shot so many different endings and beginnings and different scenes as well that you were like, this is clearly, yeah, a complete schmozzle. And then also it seemed like once it got made, everyone was very quick to jump off it too. Warner Brothers didn't put uh, much effort at all into promoting the movie. Right. And yeah. They knew, As I was sort of saying at the start, yeah, they quickly withdrew any sort of relaunch of the Looney Tunes, which mm. was going to sort of come off the back of it. Mm. Um, they released it, yeah, I think up against movies that it, you know people would go see it instead of it, mm. and sort of I guess hit it, hit it away because it became a, a wreck. Mm. Um, but I think the exciting thing you can get from it, and which I was going to get into, was okay. So you've been given Looney Tunes back in action, mm. right? Mm. What would you do to make it a good film? I would say. Looney Tunes must die. And then Looney Tunes must die. Yeah, I think so. I, I still think there's good in there. I think first of all, with this movie, right, you could keep the basic plot. So you you essentially a... asked me that question so you could tell me your your plan. Oh yeah, 100%. <laughs> Did you not see that coming? No, I know you were genuinely asking me. As, especially when your bounce back thing was that they should all die off at the start. I just don't think it's going to lead this well, I segment. Don't, I don't have much to, to go productive. I know nothing about the Looney Tunes. I'm going to it's going to be a shit movie if I make it. Yeah. Well, I think 
You can keep the same plot. I think the whole idea that you're going, you're some sort of spoof on a spy movie mm. sounds great. All right, yeah. You need to get rid of the whole Las Vegas sequence. Oh, yeah. From where to go. Yeah, totally. That was, that was shocking, and that was the bit that I felt through this watch through, that I was particularly like, let's get away from this quickly because it's heading heading to a bad place. Yeah. The pointless sort of scene where Brendan Fraser has to find that other spy who's working as a showgirl. Yeah, that was very weird. And the dance sequence that follows I thought, seems... Was she um, like a... Um, is she someone that we should know? Was, she, was that a cameo? Yeah, it was... Uh, Heather Locklear. Yeah, okay, I don't know who that is, but I sensed um, it was a cameo. Yeah, but that was very poorly handled. So, yeah, I think you get rid of the whole Vegas sequence. The Vegas sequence, for those who haven't seen the film, and after this probably aren't going to go watch it, um, <laughs> is for some reason they have to go to Las Vegas and they go to Yosemite Sam's casino there, but all of it is just, it seems out of place, and it doesn't actually, they don't actually get anything from it. I guess they get the magical playing card that they helps them find They get that playing card, map. yeah. But I think... Send them straight to Paris. Mm. Do a bit of a spoof on the Da Vinci Code there. That's what I kept on wanting them to do. Mm. But was this before the Da Vinci Code? I think, I think it, was. it was. Yeah. Yeah. But then you get this excellent sequence where they go, um, Elmer Fudd, Daffy Duck, and Bugs Bunny go through all these different famous artworks, mm. including different painting styles, and sort of fight through that. And I think if you spent, and I really remembered that from the movie, and that was the bit that I was sort of looking forward to. But it only lasts like a hot second. Mm. It's really not in the movie much at all. They need an extended cut. Yeah. And then I'd say you keep the original ending. And in the original ending, that blue monkey stone, it looks like they didn't know what it did. It wasn't to turn people into monkeys, which oh. I guess was a, you know. Right. But they found out that it sends people back to, like, their origins as a species. Ah. Oh. So it turns uh, DJ into a monkey. Yeah. It turns Bugs Bunny into, like, the first concept drawing of Bugs Bunny, which I thought <laughs> was a pretty funny. One. That is cool. Daffy Duck turns into an egg. And um, Tweety Bird saves the day because Tweety Bird's actually a good guy. Tweety Bird's a bad guy in this in a costume. Yeah. The Tweety Bird gets turned into a velociraptor. Ah. And eats the Steve Martin character because, you know. Good must birds came from dinosaurs. Yeah, and you know, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Interesting. But I think I think there are, I think you could still make a good Looney Tunes movie even today. But um, you've got to have, I guess, an idea of where you're going to, to begin with. The well, fact that the... they shot so many alternate endings just made me really feel worried that they... Had no idea. Had had nothing. Yeah. I read that one of the only things that I read about it was that they had at some point the executives were like we don't like these jokes and they brought in 25 gag writers to just write gags to just like shove in everywhere and yeah. that's kind of that's kind of how it felt like it felt like it was just like and it worries me that it took 25 people to really so, just like so yeah do the greatest hits of the old canon of Looney Tunes yeah. like a lot of it was just like verbatim copying and like the joke was do you remember when we did this on the actual show yeah you know yeah yeah that is distressing yeah to some level oh god but yeah i think maybe that's what this soul searching has got me to realize that it's a bad movie because it it wasn't ever (laughs) created as a movie but Mm. instead as something to sell toys in the future yeah and that sexism is all pervasive yes it sure is I don't know how much more I had to talk about this. I remembered one other good thing that I liked about it, which was the character of Mother, played by... Yeah, Jane Cusack. And she's just such a great actress, and she was alive on screen in a way that the others were not. Not just talking about the animated characters, but the other human characters. She just brought the screen to life a lot more for me, and was our second woman. The Area 52 sequence is another one that I sort of thought went on for a lot longer, because it's something... 
that sequence, the art sequence and the scene at the start with Batman were the three oh, things yeah. that I sort of remember from it. Yeah, right, yeah. The Area 52 thing I quite liked because Joan Cusack goes, Area 51 was just a myth we created. It's a rumour we created about aliens to stop people th- finding out about Area 52 where all the aliens are actually <laughs> kept. Like, <laughs> that's a dumb joke, but it's kind of funny. Yeah, and I think if they'd just sort of lent into that a bit more. Yeah. The real just sort the, of just dumb joke, I think that would have Just like it. that. Yeah. Yeah. Silly humor, but no, it was it's misguided in every direction. Yeah, and I think Looney Tunes has a pretty big history of being sexist, from what I've read as well. Like in terms of all the female characters, which were made yeah. at a certain point because they were like, "Oh fuck, we've got no female characters. We better make some." And then all the ones that they made were completely sexualized. Yeah, and I think it's the same like with the Morning Melody cartoons too, which were like yeah. the Disney equivalent. When you talk about something being a product of its time, all of that really was. And I think yeah, they're hard to <laughs> they're hard to watch now without sort of watching them as a historical piece mm. you know they're not um at all apart from apart from the wily e. coyote ones i think they're always <laughs> you know you, you, the joke is that he can't catch that road runner and that hasn't aged he still can't <laughs> and it's fine yeah yeah were there special features on this there was and there's some behind the scenes stuff which was interesting to look at again you know, it was just sort of looking at how they did the animation process. And part of the aesthetic of this is that it's... I feel like it clearly wants to demonstrate that every crazy location it goes to is clearly a set. Mm. Whether it be Paris and the Louvre's right next to the... Like, you know, like... Mm. Yeah. A metre away from the Eiffel Tower, the clearly fake Eiffel Tower, and everyone's wearing berets. Yeah. And, you know, like, it's yeah. ridiculous. Or the... The jungle set, which is clearly made to look like a jungle set rather than a jungle. Yeah. And it was interesting looking in on that. And, yeah, you just wonder if that was actually something that they planned to do. Or the Vegas set, again, which is the same. It's, you know, made to look like a set of Vegas. Mm. Whether that was because they did it on the cheap or whether they were actually going for that higher level of sort of guys were a movie. Well, um, I think they, that... they were very much doing the second, weren't they? The guys were a movie. Because right at the end, remember, Daffy Duck goes, but you didn't manage to get me into your movie, did you? And then Bugs was Bugs is like, didn't I? And then it like yeah. pans out and it turns out they were in the movie the whole time. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like maybe some people involved with it had that sort of idea but again i think because it was so corporatized corporatized in it that i think it lost it at some points mm, um, yeah. but yeah that was and oh there's also a, a um roadrunner cartoon on there which is good oh your favorite yeah <laughs> can we just watch like for our next one can we just do a compilation of um Wiley Road Cody and roadrunner roadrunner um will people get the nuances in the plot though <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. I'm listening to this podcast um, where they talk about Harry Potter and analyze it and it's great. I love it. I love it to death. But sometimes I'm like, they're reading into this too much and I feel like that's what we'd be doing if we tried to analyze those cartoons. Yeah. All right. Is it time for me to make a decision? I think it might be. Are you ready? Oh, I don't know. Again, it's it is like objectively an awful film. Yes, yeah, real bad. I wouldn't be showing your kids this one. Yeah. And I can find it on one of the streamers, can't I? Uh, yes, I watched it on Netflix, I think. So if I do have to, like, ashamedly watch it but you could... for a reason that I cannot explain. <laughs> I promise you, folks. I, I, I've, I've soul-searched to my deepest level, and I just don't know what attracts me to this film. It's the stuff. No one else on the planet likes it. Is it? Must be. Is it? I watched a lot of good things as a child. <laughs> I mean, you could keep it and just, like, have it there as your, like, comfort blanket, but never watch it again. No, I think it's going to go. And then I can cheekily watch it on Netflix if I have to. Mm. In private. Mm. <laughs> or you could watch it with I your kids. I just imagine me in the future when, I, when I've got... No, when I've got kids and 
What's Dad doing? Don't ever go in that room. <laughs> There's Looney Tune posters everywhere. He's watching a bad movie. <laughs> but I mean, you could watch it and then have a, a really in-depth discussion with them. Mm, yeah, mm. I could. But I guess it's going to the op shop. But is that more dangerous in your eyes? Yeah, that might be dangerous. I don't know. Like, maybe I'm overreacting. I mean, it was pretty bad. No, the fact if, that she was... It's not, it's, it's not a good film. No. And it... Yeah, it is a, a bit of a reminder too. Sometimes I think we're spoiled with children's films being a lot smarter these days that a lot of the time children's films are pushed out very quickly mm. for children and yeah. not for us. Yeah, Children need high quality content because they are learning and they are picking up on things like little sponges. So if you feed them trash, they will grow up to be trash. The end of yeah. Beck's Parenting Guide 101. <laughs> Thanks, Beck. No worries. No, I think it's going to the op shop. Are you sure? Because I just bought maybe. a um, I just bought a DVD shredder from Aldi. No, I'm oh, just yeah. kidding. I didn't, but I could. No, it's going to the op shop. I might scratch out the G rating though and make it MA. <laughs> just put a note in there that says this contains damaging stereotypes. Yeah, but watch for historical purposes only. Don't, just don't watch it. Try and try and, try and if, maybe I could give it to my psych and be like. That is the best. <laughs> yeah, maybe this will help you unlock the key to me. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Excellent. Well, we've been DVD clutter. Uh, well, next week, Paul, I'm gonna I'm gifting you a film that I'm sure you will love to tear apart for me. It's The Prince and Me, starring Julia Stiles, friend of the podcast. Yeah. And yeah, friend of the I'm podcast. Looking Julia forward Stiles. to you ripping it to shreds yeah do you really love it um i can't remember like i remember really loving it at the time and it wasn't that long i mean it was ages ago because i guess i'm old now but it was like 18 year old me not like 12 year old me so we'll get into that yeah, next week I'm, I'm looking forward to the chat <laughs> yeah. um if you want to follow us we're at dvd clutter on all the socials um email us at dvd clutter at gmail.com.au Mm-hmm. We've also got an Instagram page and a Facebook page, which have been sorely neglected the past few weeks while we have, you know, 2020 has just delivered us one excellent thing after another. That was sarcasm. It's been terrible. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, so I haven't been getting to the socials as much as I would like. So I do apologize for that, but I will, you know, maybe one day I'll. I'll upload something again. Yeah, we'll um. see. We'll see. The only other update, folks, is that we are going to turn into a fortnightly podcast for a little while while we the students are coming back to school, essentially. Chaos is going to, you know, erupt around us again. There's a lot going on. So I think we're going to go fortnightly for a little while and uh, yeah. see how and we go with be, that. To be honest, we've been recording remotely um, and it's working good on a couple of levels. I've actually got some good feedback on the sound quality too, but it does take quite a while longer to edit. So... Mm. Yeah. Um, we're, you know, we're making the podcast a better thing. Yeah. Giving us more time to research, me more time to write my rants. <laughs> the end. Brilliant. Um, right. My mum came up with a really good sign off <gasps> for us. Did she? Oh my God. Yep. Genius. I can't remember it for the life of me. Paul! <laughs> you can't <laughs> let me down like that. I was so pumped. So next week, we're going to have a good sign off. Oh God. Next fortnight. Next fortnight. <laughs> Till and then. On that, on that um, awkward note, <laughs> we'll leave. That's all, folks. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.